Hello and welcome everybody to episode three of the Busting Brackets podcast. I'm Connor Hope here with Brian Ralph, and we are joined by Adam Childs and Jacob Sinkula to go over the past week in college basketball, as well as talk a little bit about the Big 12 Conference and how we see it moving forward this season. So Adam, Brian, I know you guys were watching all week, and as we discussed last week, Michigan State and Michigan were the two favorites to win the Big Ten. And Michigan State just lost to Purdue, but didn't move down in the AP poll rankings. Do you see this as the AP voters clearly distinguishing that the top six teams are the top six teams by a decent margin? Or were you a little bit confused as I was with Michigan State not dropping? I was slightly confused. Um, I think they got a lot of credit for playing three um, I believe three ranked teams or, th- or three games in six days and losing on the back end of that, which is understandable. You know, it's kind of like in the NBA, they talk about scheduled losses playing on the road uh, at the end of a three game and six day stretch can kind of be chalked up as somewhat of a schedule loss. Uh, I think the committee gave them, not the committee, the AP voters gave them a little bit too much of a pass for that. I would have dropped them maybe a spot or two. I wouldn't have dropped them far. I mean, Purdue was a good team. It was on the road, but you still need to punish a team, I think, for losing to an unranked team. And I know Adam has some, uh, some pretty strong thoughts. I know. Uh, I was a little confused too, because it seems like the AP poll loves like Michigan state type of team. Um, I know Michigan did about the exact same thing a week ago when they lost to Wisconsin by 10 on the road. And they actually were close and closer in that game. Um, and they dropped three spots just right away. And, you know, Michigan State loses by 10 on the road to an unranked team. Now Purdue is ranked now, but an unranked team. And they stayed the same. All they did was lose their two first-place votes. They just sat there. I mean, if they're not going to drop at all, then, then you know, what's the point? Especially with, you know, we'll get into it a little bit. But Kentucky, you know, having big wins, I thought they might move up in front of them. But um, going back to what Connor said, I do think they kind of have distinguished the top six teams and – I don't doubt that Michigan State's not a top six team, but if you're going to punish a team like Michigan for losing in basically the exact same way Michigan State did, uh, then they need to drop also. Yeah, that's along the same kind of idea that I was uh, thinking was that Kentucky did beat three ranked teams in a row. Uh, They didn't lose this week. And I think that their fans have a case for wanting to jump Michigan State, especially since Michigan State lost to an unranked opponent. Had it been a ranked opponent, Um, And I know Purdue's a really good team, and we discussed that last week, that Purdue is a team whose record doesn't necessarily reflect how good of a team they are. But the fact of the matter is, is that Kentucky did more this week than pretty much any other team in the top 25. And their fans kind of have that um, sense that they they got uh, disrespected a little bit. Yeah, Kentucky played three ranked teams in a row and beat them all. And beat them all pretty handily, uh, with the exception of Auburn last weekend. But beat the last two pretty handily. Um, I think that should have been rewarded more than it was. I honestly think that had it not been Michigan State, uh, Kentucky would have jumped them. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure if it had been Michigan losing again, they would have dropped below them. I'm sure if Tennessee lost, they would drop below them. You know, maybe even Gonzaga. But, you know, as long as Duke and Michigan State, you know, are up there, it's going to be tough for, uh, for them to get dropped too much. Yeah. I mean, if Gonzaga lost, uh, especially since their only game this week was Santa Clara, uh, they probably would have <laughs> dropped out of the top 10. 
but <laughs> as it were, a 59-point victory is is going to do quite a bit to keep them where they are. <laughs> um, I, I actually Michigan State. Sorry, uh, just one last thing, Michigan State. I, I think they may get more credit than a lot of other teams do. Um, and I'm not trying to say that Michigan State's not a good team because they are, and I think they're one of those top uh, eight or nine teams that have separated themselves, I think, from everybody else in the country. Um, but they have three losses. And first one it was in the opener to Kansas, and Kansas is a, is a good team. But I think Michigan State's better. Michigan State didn't look um, – overly competitive in that game they made it kind of close at the end but kansas kind of controlled that game for a while and then they lost at louisville which louisville is really good now but at that time louisville was was playing very inconsistent and then now this loss at purdue who's unranked and again purdue has shown more lately but was not the kind of team there was kind of team a couple weeks ago everybody had kind of written off so i i think there's i think people are giving more credit to michigan state than michigan state maybe deserves at this point yeah, I would, I would agree with that, too. I mean, it just seems like every year Michigan State starts playing well and all of a sudden they're a national title contender. And, uh, you know, everybody wants to talk about, you know, the struggles Virginia had in the tournament last year. What about Michigan State the past couple of years? I mean, getting upset by Syracuse in the year before in Middle Tennessee State. So, I mean, what what type of team do, do they really have? Are they going to, you know, get over that hump or are they just going to be one of those teams that's streaky and then they flame out again? Um, so that I kind of wanted to talk about Gonzaga for a second. Uh, I see a lot of people there. There's two camps. I see a lot of people who have Gonzaga second purely based off of the fact that they haven't lost since December. They haven't lost since their loss to North Carolina. And you have people who, uh, have them outside the top five or six simply because they haven't played anybody uh, outside of maybe San Francisco since that loss to North Carolina. Where do you guys fall in that range? Do you think that some people, do you think that, I guess what I'm getting at is, do you think that Gonzaga is tough to judge or is there a way to really figure out how good or where they should be ranked? I think they're tough to judge. I, I think I have them seventh this week. I think I put that in my rankings this week. I had them seventh behind Michigan State, behind Kentucky, who I had jumping Michigan State into number five in my rankings. The problem with Gonzaga for me isn't so much the fact that they're playing West Coast Conference games now. Um, it makes them harder to judge for sure because they're going to rack up these wins um, against such a competition. The, the tough part for me is, one, they're fully healthy now, so everyone can talk about the fact that they look so dominant when they're fully healthy, but they should be dominating these teams anyway if they weren't fully healthy. Um, but the second thing for me that I think kind of gets lost in the talk about Gonzaga is really – other than that win against Duke that they had in the non-conference schedule, the end results of it were fine, but Gonzaga didn't necessarily look like the team we all thought they were when they beat Duke in all the rest of non-conference games they played after that. They struggled against Washington. Even in Maui before that, they, sh they struggled to put Illinois away for probably 30 minutes. They struggled with Arizona the game right before the, the Duke game. Um, Struggled at Creighton, the Washington game, and then played Tennessee really well in, in Phoenix on neutral court, but lost that game. Lost pretty handily uh, to UNC in Chapel Hill. So I it's I know Gonzaga's a good team. I know they have a lot of talent, but I haven't necessarily seen it from them at the level I would expect if I was going to rank them, you know, number two, number three, that kind of thing. Right. Yeah, I, I agree. I think, like, the, the Duke win – obviously an amazing win, but I feel like that's just what has stuck in a lot of people's minds and people kind of overlooked like some of their, you know, okay wins, like you were kind of rattling off. Like, I mean, I know early, even before that, I mean, they didn't look great against Illinois and then like Washington, they barely beat at home. And so I, I mean, going forward, I still really like, especially them getting back healthy with 
Tilly and Crandall back. I mean, I really like their um, chances in the tournament moving forward. Like even for me more so than I know you guys were touching on Michigan state, but in terms of what they like deserve to be ranked right now. Yeah. I think that ranking them like number two would be too high. I, I would agree with you, with you guys too. Like, I mean, they're a very good team and, and you know, I think they're legitimate, you know, final four team, but you know, you look at some of their schedule too. They, you know, they gave up 103 points to North Carolina team. We scored 67 a week before to Michigan. Now Michigan's got a great defense, but I mean, you know, if you're going to be an elite team, it's tough to give up 103 points to, to anybody. Um, so, you know, I think they, like we said, they struggled a little bit and obviously they're beating up on some teams, but, but uh, it's tough to really tell. I mean, it's hard to tell because they haven't played anybody great lately. And one thing, Connor, I think you can expand on this as a resident Gonzaga expert. Um, I still don't trust Josh Perkins in games like that. And then as we get later in the NCAA tournament, is that wrong of me? I think that people are putting a lot of emphasis on past seasons with Perkins. I mean, Perkins, there's no doubt the past couple of years, Perkins has had issues in crunch time, uh, either trying to play hero ball or just making poor decisions. Um, I think that having a second point guard there like Crandall who can be put in for defense because Crandall is by far the best perimeter defender on Gonzaga's roster and who can play both on and off the ball uh, kind of in the same role, not quite as good as Perkins and uh, Williams Goss two years ago, but take some of that pressure off of Perkins. I feel like when Perkins is the primary ball handler, he gets into that. I need to create my own shot mode and he's not a shot creator. And so if he can play off the ball and not have to, to do his, his, you know, stereotypical, I'm going to try and cross you over and take a three point shot contested, uh, then he'll be a, a, a lot better. Um, his assists have gone up a lot this year and his turnovers have actually remained relatively the same. So he's not turning the ball over any more than he normally does, but he is, getting the scores and obviously Gonzaga has a lot of players that can score the ball, uh, open, open looks. So well, where would you rank them? Do you think they're one of the, the two or three best teams in the country? Would you put them up there? I have them. I think I have them fourth or fifth. I, I think for me, Tennessee, Duke and Virginia are my clear top three. Uh, and then I had Michigan state kind of with Gonzaga until they lost to Purdue and Michigan and Gonzaga, I have somewhere at four or five. Flip them either way. I don't remember where I have them. But, um, yeah, I don't think that they're necessarily as good as the team two years ago. I would say they're probably more versatile. They have players that can pretty much do everything. Uh, two years ago, they were they had Karnowski, who kind of made them one-dimensional in, in the way they used the center. But now they can play Clark, Tilly, Petrusev, even Hachimura in a smaller lineup at the at the five in the in the post and and really do a lot of things with that position. So I think they're uh, a more versatile team. I don't necessarily think they're quite as good as they were two years ago. So I'm not upset with with people who are you know have them in that four to four to seven range. I think two's a little bit too high. Yeah. I want to get into to the other big game of the week, and really the biggest game of the weekend in Kentucky and Kansas. I know we discussed Kentucky a little bit, and a lot of us think they should have jumped to Michigan State probably in the rankings and maybe cracked that top five or top six. Um, the win over Kansas was certainly convincing. Uh, as I mentioned, it's their third straight win over a ranked team. They've really turned things around since that loss to Seton Hall. 
how good do you think this Kentucky team is? And maybe what does that result tell you uh, about Kansas? I definitely think for me that, and I mentioned it in our first podcast, that I think people were too quick to judge teams like Kentucky and Villanova, uh, specifically Kentucky, who's now proving that they are a team that could go deep in, in March. They're playing like a top 10 team. Um, so I think that that win over Kansas and really the wins before that as well are just showing how good Kentucky can be when they, when they play together. Yeah. I've been especially impressed by, I mean, I'm not super high on Kansas, but for me, the, like the road wins over Auburn, which ended up being a really close game, but they were like blowing them out most of the game. And then even like the Louisville win, which was like good at the time, but Louisville's like looks so strong as of late. It's just those road wins and in particular have kind of made me pretty high on Kentucky. And I still feel like that just purely from me watching them, I probably like, I still don't love them, but the results are kind of speaking for themselves. And I feel like I kind of like think Ashton Hagens, he's kind of unconventional in the way like that you typically think of the point guard, like doing a lot of things offensively, but I think he just has made such a big difference for them. And it's just kind of, I don't know. I feel like I'm just really having to give them a second look. I think Kentucky, you know, with one of those teams, they keep bringing in these five-star recruits. And everybody expects them just to play great right from the beginning, you know. But sometimes they need to, you know, to, to gel because they're a different team almost every single year. Um, and I think they're starting to show, you know, their talent's starting to show. And, and, you know, are they a top five team? They might be playing with one right now, but I guarantee nobody's going to want to see them come tournament time. Not one team. Not a Duke, not Michigan, not anybody. So I think they're setting themselves up pretty good, um, you know, to make a run in the tournament. Bouncing off that point, this run for them has really started once Calipari put Ashton Hagens in the starting lineup, put Tyler Harrow in the starting lineup, made them a bit more stingy defensively on their perimeter, and then Harrow obviously adding some shooting and additional playmaking on the wing, I think has really kind of opened up what they want to do, and everybody has had that those times to settle into their, into their defined roles, and I think they're Calipari's gotten them to play those roles and kind of um, accept them and try and relish it, so I, I think this turnaround is something that maybe we should have seen coming. I think a lot of people, because they had more experience, thought that it would be different this year. But this is just another typical typical Kentucky year where they're rounding into form after they've had a couple months to figure themselves out. Now, Kansas um, may not be as lucky. I've kind of been critical of Kansas really past couple months just because I, I didn't think once they lost Doka Azabuke that they had – enough firepower really to be the team that we thought they were going to be in the preseason. Obviously Silvio D'Souza not being there hurts as well. Um, I think that they play really well at Allen Fieldhouse. They've gotten those wins that the fog always gives them, uh, but they, they've lost a whole bunch of their games in a row now on the road. Um, Jacob, what is, I'm curious what your take is on Kansas and kind of their potential for this year. And if they can be knocked off in the big 12. Yeah. I mean, I, I like don't love Kansas in terms of really their tournament potential, but they, I mean, they're still like, I feel like in a pretty good position to still win the big 12. I feel like, you know, there's a lot of, I don't know. There's obviously Iowa state, Iowa state, I think is the best team, but I mean, I feel like, and I've actually been really impressed just that like LeGerald Vic, he's at, he started off the year, obviously super hot and he's actually still like, he's putting up decent numbers. Sometimes he's still shooting the ball. Well, Anyway, I still think I'd predict them to win the Big 12, but they're definitely the type of team that I do not like see myself picking them to go very far in March. 
Connor, do you think anybody can knock them off in conference? I know Iowa State, a lot of people are very high on, uh, me included, Texas Tech, although they've kind of cooled off recently. Kansas State's come on. Um, do you think any of them can knock them off? Do you buy or sell that? Um, I think that they could be knocked off. And I was going to say that their biggest weakness or the one thing that stuck out to me was that they're only one in four on the road in true road games. Um, the issue with the Big 12 is that there's only two teams in the Big 12 that actually have winning records on the road. And I don't think that Baylor or Oklahoma are going to win that conference. So from there, it's can Kansas State win on the road? Can If a team can prove that they can win on the road, I think they can knock Kansas off. But as of now, I mean, none of them have been overly impressive on the road. Would you take any of those three, Adam, or are you still going with Kansas? I mean, it's one of those they're, – they're like the Patriots of college basketball for the Big 12. Like, I mean, I think they can get knocked off, but until they actually get knocked off, I don't think anybody's going to sell Kansas winning the Big 12. Um but I have been impressed with the way Kansas State's been playing lately. You know, Texas Tech is dangerous too, but, you know, they, they've lost some games they shouldn't have. So, you know, what are they going to do? But um, I think a lot, it'll, it'll be, t- you know, here in early February, you know, when Kansas goes to Kansas State, that could be a huge game and kind of, you know, show who might get it. Um, besides that, I, I just don't – I don't know. I don't – like I said, Baylor's look better, but I just don't trust them enough. I agree with, with Jacob. Iowa State's look really good too, but they also have three losses. So – I just think they're going to start cannibalizing each other a little bit. And, and, you know, at the end of the day, Kansas is probably going to come out on top. Yeah. It's just kind of, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. It's, it's just kind of crazy. Cause like the big 12, I mean, it's like, I, it's a really one of the better, obviously the better conferences in college basketball, but I could see a scenario where Kansas wins the big 12. And I still just really don't think they're like all that good. And like, it's just, this kind of, it's kind of doesn't really make sense, but it's just the kind of reality that they have a lot of really good teams, but no one's really, kind of eclipsing that, I guess, like the top five to seven or whatever you want to put it. Yeah, I, I think Kansas I, – I agree. I don't think they're the best team in the Big 12. I've, I've said different points this year. I think they're the third best team. But I think they win the Big 12 simply because they don't lose at home. And this year with how much the conference figures cannibalize each other, as Adam said, those home wins are going to, are going to prove vital and give them a major advantage, just like it does every year over all those other teams. Traditionally, one team that could challenge them and has challenged them in the past that we haven't really talked about at all, kind of for good reason, is Texas. Texas um, sucks. They've, I think, <laughs> lost five of their last six games. Um, Shaka Smart has been there four years, three and a half, four years now. He's only three games over 500. Is he coaching first job the next couple months? I mean, it's tough for me. Uh Right now, I mean, as bad as Texas has looked with how how crazy the Big 12 has been this season, they're only two games back. I think that if Texas is able to get their act together and maybe, maybe challenge for, for a conference t- championship, which I don't think they will, or makes a run deep in the, in the conference tournament, um, he, he, he stays, obviously, but... I just um, I haven't been impressed with Shaka Smart. I thought he had a team last year that could do something, and they just never got it together. Um, so, here here's my thing, Jacob, and I'll I'll curious what your thoughts on this are. Um, he's had NBA talent every single year. He's been there and is kind of underachieved. He's made the NCAA tournament twice, which has kind of kept it afloat, um, but he hasn't won a game. And Rick Barnes, his last couple of years, he got fired because. 
he couldn't win in the NCAA tournament, but he still made the second round a couple of times. And I, I think his first year there was the only year that Smart has had a winning record in Big 12 play, which certainly is not up to Texas's standards, even for a, a football school. Uh, for them, basketball should still be one of the top programs of the Big 12. Do you do you see him being in serious jeopardy of losing his job come March? It's tough. I would say probably not, but I, I do think there is like reason if you want to make the argument because – I mean, I actually like, like you said, there's, there have been a lot of talent on the, his teams. And there, I mean, if you look like some games, I mean, you can see the talent on the roster and, and I mean, I know they've lost some of their games losses have been close, but they, at some point, like year after year, if you still just can't kind of get into that next year of the big 12, I mean, he's at some point he's going to be in jeopardy, but I, I wouldn't bet on it. him, Him losing his job after this season. I just feel like they've invested a lot in him and, I mean, the fact that he's been bringing good recruits is good. It obviously is disappointing when you can't translate that into success. But, yeah, no, it's definitely a tough one. Do you give him another year, Adam? Um, I, I would I would probably agree a little bit with Jacob. But, you know, when you look at some of the last couple of games, I mean, they lost to, by 10 points to a Georgia team that I think lost by like 30-something to Tennessee. I mean, Georgia's not good. I mean, that's a game that if he's doing what he's supposed to be doing at Texas and what they want him to do, that you just don't lose. So, I mean, you know, the, the Longhorn fans got to be getting a little antsy with, you know, what they thought they were going to get and what they're actually getting. So, and then, like you said, you, they have talent there and they can compete with teams. I mean, they beat North Carolina early in the year. So, I mean, they can win games, but they're just not being consistent. And, and, and you know, in a, in a Big 12 that right now looks like it's wide open, you know, this could be the year they could have took it, but it just looks like they're going to come up short. And real quick, if Texas does decide to fire Smart, let's say this offseason, let's say the rest of the year goes down the tubes and they end up f- firing him, who do you think they would look at? Do they go after someone like NATO? It's at Buffalo. Do they try and throw money at maybe a Greg Marshall at Wichita State? What kind of direction do you think they, they would go in, Connor? I just don't think that – I don't think he loses his job this year. Um, I, I think they want someone who's just consistent. Uh, this year it's been – Texas has been really weird for me because they do have that win over North Carolina. They do have that win over Purdue. They have that win at Kansas State. They they beat Arkansas, but then they lost to like Radford, VCU, and Georgia. And and it just seems like, you know, what games are they getting up for? What games are they not getting up for? Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I couldn't I couldn't even give you a, an answer to who they look after because I don't know what they want. I mean, I could see from like, it's not necessarily, it wouldn't necessarily be like the smart way to go about it, but I could see them wanting to go in kind of a different direction from like, because Smart was kind of a guy from a, you know, a mid-major school that had had some success in the tournament. And I, I mean, not to like compare him to like Nate Oates, but it just kind of would be in the similar vein to like hire a guy that obviously yeah. has been like a good coach. But I feel like, so I feel basically, I feel like they could go maybe the more Greg Marshall type or just someone that's been very more established that people don't feel like is just kind of a more of a wild card. Um, I, that would be kind of more speaking for like the Texas fan base perhaps, but in terms of what I'm not sure. I don't know if maybe they try and go after like, a, do they try and go after like a Scott drew and try and pull him away from Baylor and he's been at Baylor forever. Do they try and go after some of these established coaches and do what UCLA wants to do and just kind of throw some money at some people and, and hope they convince someone to leave their job um, or they better serve trying it again with another up and comer and seeing if it works, Adam. I think kind of what Jacob said, you know, 
uh, I think the Longhorn fans would be a little skeptical if they went after another mid-major coach that was kind of the, the flavor of the month. And now uh, Greg Marshall is not a flavor of the month. He's obviously had a lot of success at Wichita State. But I think, you know, if they do let go of Smart, the, that fan base is going to want an established coach. So, I mean, do they do they get creative? And, I mean, I, not that anybody wants to bring him back, but do they start throwing money at Patino like UCLA is talking about maybe doing? You know, I mean, that's really going out there. But, I mean, he's established, so I don't know. That, that's a whole nother can of worms. <laughs> um, I don't know if the NCAA would, would let anybody hire Patino. I think they'd suddenly hit him with a penalty they haven't hit him with yet. Yeah. If that was going to happen. Um, I know I brought up Scott Drew. I want I do want to touch on Baylor really quick because their turnaround this year has been fascinating to me. And we talked about them a little bit last week with regards to their resume, having those two quadrant four losses, but racking up a number of, of big wins. Do any of you, um, Connor, we'll start with you. Do any any of you see Baylor as anything of a, a threat in the Big 12 or to make a run, maybe win a game or two in the NCAA tournament? I would say that I don't see them as a threat in the Big 12. I think that there are other teams that just have too much talent to really uh, consider Baylor as that team that's going to win the Big 12. But I do think that they're a team that could be underestimated entering the NCAA tournament. And I think that's kind of where they how they got to where they are right now uh, four and two in the big 12 is just, they, they didn't look overly fantastic in the non-conference, um, but they've been able to, to win games in the, in their conference slate. Jacob and Adam, um, who do you guys think of the big 12 things that we've talked about? We don't think Kansas necessarily that, that good or primed for tournament play of these teams that are all kind of mismatched at the top there. Who do you think has the potential to make the longest tournament run? Um, I mean, it might be a little bit of just recency bias, but just Iowa State looks so impressive in their win. I know Ole Miss isn't like, I mean, it has been good. It's not necessarily an amazing win, but I just think they have so much talent. And especially I feel like they, they haven't really had Cam Lard a lot of the season. And he provides them a little bit, especially if he starts playing more minutes, a bit of an interior presence that I feel like can kind of complete their team. I mean, I, I still want to see a little bit more from them, just but I kind of tend to favor a team like that that can get really hot offensively over you know perhaps like a Texas Tech who like could on the, a given night shut down anyone or Kansas State, but is just capable of some really just duds of offensive performances. I, I would agree with him with Jacob a little bit, but I was going to lean more towards Texas Tech. Now they have struggled to score the ball, but whenever you can shut a team down and especially you know we haven't scouted them a lot you don't play them a lot you know um that could that could be a difference you know you know when you get into tournament time you get you know the pressure's a little bit more you know you get a team like texas tech that can shut things down i mean they did it you know last year a little bit to uh you know purdue you know when purdue was really rolling so um i think texas tech might have the opportunity i don't think they're going to win the big 12 but um i think you know with their defense i think that that's tough out i mean you know they played duke about as close as anybody that didn't beat them. Um, so, you know, they have the potential to really, I think, make it to the second weekend. I think it's – you said Kansas because I think we all kind of said that we thought Kansas would have a Big 12, and I'm in the same boat. I don't think Kansas is going to be the team, the last team standing in the Big Big 12 either. Connor, how how far do you think Kansas will has the potential to go, and then how far do you think they actually will go in March? I think that Kansas is probably – a second weekend ceiling. 
I think that they probably they can make the elite eight. Um, if Lawson gets hot, then you know they can they can do some damage, but they're just not good enough inside without Azubuki to really compete for a final four. I don't think. I just think that they 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 needed that big presence in the middle uh, to do a lot of damage in March, and I I think they lost it when he went down. I think they'll probably end up getting somewhere in that a, a two or three seed range. I think some of the conference losses they're going to have are going to knock them down a little bit. Um, but also the fact that they have so many top quality wins over those teams like Louisville over the Tennessees, um, the the home wins are going to pick up in conference play. It's going to boost the Resmian's point where they still get a really good seed, even if they struggle more than usual in big 12 play. But I, I do think that two or three seed is going to put them in real danger of being upset in that second round, depending on who the seven ten seed is or the that six seed is, and they play if they get a three seed. I think that's that they could run into some trouble there. Uh, I'm curious, Jacob. I'll start with you, kind of branching outside the Big Twelve a little bit. Of those teams who might be in that seven ten uh, six seed range, some sleeper teams potentially that would upset a team like Kansas and maybe make um, make a Sweet Sixteen, being that far down the seed line. Um. So one, obviously, I'm not sure what their projected seed would be at this point, but I've kind of been a real. I really like North Carolina State, and I feel like they've like they take like few losses. They had a bad like they road lost Wake Forest, and I know they fell to Louisville and had a just you know buzzer beater against Clemson. But I I really like Markel Johnson. He's been out with injury, I believe, the last few games. So I feel like it's kind of enabled them. They've kind of fallen under the radar, taken a few losses. I really think they played really well. I like their talent. I know they had a bad, like they got, like they felt like North Carolina at home and that was like a big kind of test for them. But I really like Kevin Keats and I feel like they're the type of team that, you know, if they got matched up with Kansas, that could, you know, I would not feel confident at all in picking Kansas. Obviously I'm not sure, but definitely would be capable of an upset. Keats, Keats would be an interesting name for someone like a Texas to go after should they have an opening they need to fill adam who might be some of your sleepers in that in that range or just tournament sleepers in general who you think might be able to upset a kansas or, or make a sweet 16 kind of run you know um i don't know how far they're gonna fall but you know maybe a team like buffalo you know you know they they lost in the max so you know they might be look down on a little bit and might get that lower seed um buffalo is definitely not a team you'd want to run into especially if you're a kansas um you know the other one the other one is too is 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 a Houston, um, you know. I know they're probably going to win their their conference. So they might get a little higher seed than that, you know. Um, but if they were to slip up a couple times in their conference, that could be a team that might fall down in that area too. And you know they they played well. So um, just thinking, you know, outside the Power Five conferences, you know, I, I would say like a Houston or a Buffalo would be a team that you know might cause them a little bit of trouble. That you know they're definitely not going to go with their any fear, um, you know, playing Kansas. So. Yeah, that's true. I didn't even think about Buffalo. I, I mean, everybody knows that they're in, but those those losses that they're, they suffered and maybe will suffer one or two more in MAC play is really going to hurt them um, when it comes down to seeding. Connor, do you have any teams kind of in that range that you're keeping an eye on? Uh, one team that I think is going to fall down simply because they're in a conference that's having a down year that I really like to make a big impact in the tournament that I think could upset Kansas is Washington. I think that they're they've kind of fallen into that sleeper role despite being undefeated in the PAC 12, despite, despite not really having a bad loss uh, simply because 
they're not an overly exciting team to watch. Well, they, uh, don't, they not, don't have a good win either. Yeah, but <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. But I think that they they can they can take on a team like Kansas, especially a team that's not going to challenge them much uh, in on the inside because uh, they are even with Noah Dickerson, they are a bit small on the interior. And I think that because Kansas is lost as a bookie, uh, Washington kind of matches up well against them. Yeah. And one, uh, they play that two, three zone. And yep. one thing we've seen from Syracuse is when you, when you get a tough defense playing that zone in the tournament, that can lead to some kind of, some weird kind of runs. And I, I mean, Washington's playing really well right now. I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't count them out for making a, a long run either. So I, I really like that as well. Yeah. Um, as for in the Big 12 making a deep run, I would just say that I think that I'm on the same page as the other two with Iowa State and Texas Tech. I think that if Shayok or Culver gets on a run and they spread the ball around well, um, that you know either team can go deep. Could Kansas State repeat last year's run, maybe not get to the Elite Eight, but be a second weekend team? Or are we kind of kind of counting them out? They could. I'm I'm so confused by them after like their loss to like Texas A and M. And I mean, I I was high on them coming into the season just because they brought a lot of people back. And I mean, even though I knew I knew that some people were probably gonna overrate them a little bit just based on their Elite Eight run, but I did I like their talent and of course they've had some injuries and it just is so hard. Like again, they're just have games when they just cannot score. But they I mean but I'm open to the possibility that this Texas A&M game, like out of conference game, that I might just kind of just try to wipe it from my mind, and if they, especially if they just keep up playing well in the Big 12. And I mean, so and if, if that's the case, like they have been playing great basketball, beating like, you know, everyone that's come in their path. So I do think they have that potential. So I, I mean, they're definitely they're one of those teams. They're probably among like the three that I see that if things clicked right in the Big 12, that or three or four, I guess, potentially. Mm-hmm. They could make that deep run. But, no, they're, they're tough to figure out. Adam, what do you think? Um, you know, kind of like he said, you know, if we would have looked at him in the first month, you know, we were wondering if they could even make the tournament again. Um, but, you know, they're starting, to make, they're starting to make a run. I think, like I said, I, I kind of point to that game where they play Kansas um, to kind of see a real litmus test on them because, you know, as, as – Poorly as Kansas has played on the road, um, it's still Kansas. It's still that team you got to knock off, and it's still their rival. So, you know, let's see what they can do against them, and and you know how they finish the season. But you know, if if they can get going and playing defense like they have, um, you know, they they can make a second weekend. I I don't think they're a Final Four, or Elite Eight team right now, but you know, we saw some weird things in the tournament last year. So who knows? I just wanted to discuss the who we think will be Big Twelve player of the year um obviously Diedrich Lawson is probably the front runner maybe maybe uh Jarek Culver but um do you guys think that there's anyone else I think it's between those two and uh probably possibly Shayok but I don't see anyone else that stands out to me other than those three yeah I think Lawson's the clear front runner uh the way Texas Tech has played obviously that changes if Kansas starts struggling and Texas Tech picks back up, um, and if Iowa State kind of comes back and takes first place, I think Shayok gets in that conversation. But I, I think it has to be Deidre Lawson right now. Yeah, I think it's Lawson. I think it would take 
like Kansas not winning the Big 12, and that wouldn't even guarantee it. Like if Texas Tech were to find a way to win it, I, I mean, I definitely think they could find a way to give it to Culver. But at this point, it's definitely Lawson. I'm going to be boring, and I'm going to agree with all you guys. I'm pretty sure it's going to be Lawson. I mean, you know, without him right now, Kansas would be even in more trouble. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't think – I can't see him. Like you said, unless they bomb out, there's no way. I think he's got it. And so final, as Brian said, final, final, uh, who's going to win? Who's going to win the big 12? If you were to pick right now. I'm still going Kansas regular season. Um, kind of as, as we discussed with how, how topsy turvy and how, um, how much the middle of that conference cannibalizes each other. Those wins at the fog are invaluable. And we've seen it year after year. That makes a difference for them. The tournament is going to be completely up in the air. I think I could, I could see Iowa state winning that um, the, the, the team they have now, the way they play and, and sort of the talent they have is kind of reminiscent of that team that won uh, a, a whole bunch of tournaments. I think three big 12 tournaments in four years um, that group with Monte Morris and Deontay Burton and, and that group, I could see this group going on the same kind of run um, in the conference tournament. So I still don't think anybody – I'm not ready to say yet that someone's going to knock off Kansas in the regular season, uh, but I, I think Iowa State will be that team um, at the Big 12 tournament that will win that. You know, I really want to pick somebody besides Kansas, like really want to, but I just can't. I, I Until they lose, I just can't pick against Kansas for the regular season. But, again, I'm, I'm going to go with Brian. I was thinking Iowa State in the tournament, but we'll probably all be wrong and be like TCU or something like that. Yeah, I mean, again, I think Kansas. And then I, I was going to say, I mean, I, Iowa State's the team I like more in the tournament. But, I mean, it could be another I, – I, I feel like it is different than last year. But last year, people kind of didn't really like Kansas very much throughout the a lot of the season, even though, I mean, they still, like, had a really good resume. And they ended up finding their way to the Final Four. And as much as I really, really don't think that'll happen this year, I mean, it is possible they could just, you know, fool us again. And I think they're at least going to win the Big 12. But who knows? Yeah, I'm going to go Kansas as well. I think that simply based off of schedule, Iowa State probably has the best uh, chance of beating them. They play Texas Tech once and Kansas State once, and those are really the only two schools that we've discussed as possible teams to compete with Kansas that they play. Um, but I still think, I mean, obviously, if Kansas doesn't lose at home, I don't think that they're going to to give up their title. So... If I if Iowa State would have held on and won at Kansas and swept Kansas, I would have said Iowa State. But because they they blew and lost that game, uh, I have a hard time saying anybody but Kansas. Yeah, my my only thing is is that on their remaining schedule, and I'm looking at it now, Iowa State plays West Virginia twice, Texas twice, Oklahoma twice. Uh, so they could, <laughs> and they they play Texas Tech at home. So their toughest game remaining I've, is Texas is probably at Kansas State. Um, so, yeah, that's something to think about. But yeah, any closing remarks? I, th I think we all kind of touched on it. It's still Kansas until proven otherwise. Um, but they've given a lot of reason for us to to doubt them come in state tournament time. So I would pay very special attention to who kind of pops up in that immediate re in that immediate um, bracket for Kansas, who they might face in the second round. I think that's a, depending on who that is, obviously, 
I think that's real kind of upset potential. I, I would agree. I mean, any team that, that, you know, loses the West Virginia during the regular season right now uh, definitely doesn't look like a, a, a very uh, confident pick come tournament time. So I think Kansas is going to be one of those teams that's going to be a popular pick to lose in the second round, no matter where they're ranked or seated. No, yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I was going to like, I do think that they'll be, I could see it. Like I mentioned earlier, they could be a popular pick and then just end up kind of actually like at least getting to the second weekend. And I still don't see a much higher ceiling than that, but they might be solid enough to squeak through there. Yeah. I kind of agree with everything you guys said. And I'd probably add that despite us all agreeing that Kansas is probably the de facto favorite to win the conference. I think of all the high major conferences, this is going to be the most fun to watch down the stretch. I think that it has the most potential to, or most potential teams to actually win the regular season championship. Um, I think that they, you know, other conferences have two to three that can reasonably win the, the conference championship. I think that this one's completely up for grabs. So with that, uh, that was the Busting Brackets podcast. I am Connor Hope here with Brian, Jacob, and Adam, and we'll see you next week.